0: Day, happy Friday, happy football Friday. It is the Bill Michaels show. I am Ben Kenny in for Bill today, alongside me, Mr. Grant Bills, known Brewers hater, Grant Bills. Hello, sir. Wow, oh,
1: that's that's so aggressive. But good morning and happy Friday. Good day to you.
0: Uh, football is back. We had Thursday night football last night. I do want to start the show today saying many rushed to Twitter and other platforms yesterday to applaud football returning. Uh, my official statement on the matter is it returned two and a half weeks ago when Nebraska yeah. Northwestern played. We've been watching quality football, the non-commercialized product, for weeks now. Uh, college football has been up and running. But, yes, the NFL is back. The Bills beat the Rams 31-10 to last night. We'll get into that. The Brewers sweep a doubleheader. Grant Bills are the Brewers back.
1: I mean, they might be. They might be Ben Kenny. I've been trying to talk myself into how they would be back. And I think I've created a scenario in my head, which is so why do I do this? Why are we doing this?
0: So the Phillies blew a save last night. Uh, Their bullpen is starting to falter. They do. They lost to the Marlins. The lead in the wild card is down to two and a half games. So we'll get into the Brewers sweeping the doubleheader. Freddie Peralta injury news, all that good stuff. And then Packers Vikings on Sunday. For those that revel in the NFL season, and while it means the coming of cold here in the state of Wisconsin, it is officially our first football Eve, our first real NFL football Friday. Yeah, I want to check the pulse of the people. We'll be taking score predictions throughout today. Right, we'll see if any get it on the number. There's also another stat, a little bonus stat I want to throw in there, where we'll take Packers score predictions and where we'll take how many sacks people think Zadarius Smith gets as we like go that. throughout the show today, this is a Darius Smith revenge game. So a loaded show today, 867 1670 is how you get a hold of it. He is on Twitter at Wisco grant. I am at Ben Z Kenny. What do you see happening on Sunday? Packers Vikings. There's been this whole, I, I don't want to call it a shift grant where like throughout the preseason, I kind of thought in the back of my mind that the Vikings would come out and they probably win this game because we saw what happened last year in the first week when the Packers came after not playing in the preseason. We obviously know the state of the Packers receiving core. And now with Alan Lazard, probably doubtful to play doesn't look great uh, in that term, but the more and more everybody picks the Vikings. I'm kind of sitting back and saying when the Packers are doubted, at least to me, it feels like they win those games more often than not. Like that game, just thinking last year, the game in Arizona where Devontae Adams was out and everyone wondered, oh, what is Rodgers going to do? How is he going to score? Kyler Murray's electric because it's October and not November yet when he he (laughs) starts to suck. And the Packers go and win that game. So sitting here today, and we'll get into more specifics as the show goes on, I kind of like the Packers on Sunday. I do.
1: So I wrote down and plan to tell you today this is before the game last night. that I'm out on the Bills winning the Super Bowl. I'm not out on them being a good team, but dude, everyone is picking them. Like I see graphics, good yep. morning football or whatever, or NFL game day with Rich Eisen or whatever. And it's like six out of six analysts all pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Football's not that easy. Like it can't work out that way. So if I feel that way about the Bills, they're being picked too much. They're getting too much hype everyone loves them too much I feel like that has to apply to the Packers too so I have to agree with you on this
0: When I think about the matchup it's also one of those deals where Minnesota Vikings fans are kind of delirious in many ways especially oh. when it comes to entering the season you know it best you're in Lacrosse you're oh, yeah close to the Minnesota border you work I was with born
1: in it man raised raised on this side of the state this rivalry is Bears Packers is one kind of rivalry. Packers, Vikings is completely different.
0: Well, it's like the Joker. It's like, you want to know how I got these scars? I have to listen to Vikings fans leading into week one because the optimism reigns supreme. It really does. Where when I look at the situation they're in right now, like I think they're a playoff team. I think they get into a wild card, but in week one with a new head coach, you have no idea what to expect. So obviously if you're a fan of that team, you go to the crazy positive where, okay, this is what could happen. You don't really think about what the downsides could be. Same deal with their defense, switching to a 3-4. And just overall personnel, I think the optimism around the Vikings is reaching a, an unsafe level, just generally leading into this game. So we'll talk about the matchup throughout uh, the day as we go along. But I wanted to start today quickly. Y- you mentioned the Buffalo Bills, 31-20 to over the Rams last night. Uh, I mean, first, is there a... Uh, week one tradition you have going into Thursday night football where, you know, you get your wings, you sit down, you watch the game. Uh, um, and two, my big takeaway, my question is, are there any actual good teams in the NFC?
1: Um, Maybe not like the Bills. Uh, let's do traditions first. Uh, last night, I watched by myself. I came home and I made myself a steak. My dad gave me some steaks last time I was home. They were in my freezer and I left them out the thigh. I thought of Ebo. Because I heard them talking about different ways to cook a steak. So I made myself a steak, and I watched the game by myself in the peace and quiet of my apartment. And it was fantastic. Nobody, nobody bothered me. I think we sent a couple of texts. I maybe talked to some friends and sent some tweets, but no traditions. I don't have that many friends in lacrosse. I got a couple and most of them live with their girlfriends, and you know. So I was kind of by my lonesome. I don't know that there's a team in the NFC like the Bills to answer your second question. I was watching the highlights when I was eating breakfast today. And I said to myself out loud, it's like, how fun is this? How much fun is this team? Like we get with Josh Allen, basically MVP Cam Newton all the time, which is insane that we get to watch that every week and just experiencing that last night. And of course having football back, but this Bills team is just so fun. Um, And watching it play out kind of on that stage all by itself on opening night. was just so great.
0: You ready for me to introduce a storyline that I'm sure nobody will have a reaction to? Yes. Do you know which of those teams played their starters in the preseason?
1: Um, did the bills play their starters in the preseason?
0: Yes, they did. And they scored every time. And I don't want to bring up the should Rogers have played because I'm fine if he doesn't. But objectively, the bills looked a lot more comfortable, especially offensively from the start uh, quarterback wise and Stafford uh, Stafford looked bad. I saw people bringing up the 2015 to 16 Carson Palmer transition where in Arizona, he goes from losing the NFC championship game with a super explosive team. I think they beat the Packers that year in the playoffs oh, yeah. uh, yep. and that was the Hail Mary game. And he was good, but then he goes into 2016 and it all kind of falls off quickly. I don't want to overreact that crazily to what we saw from Stafford, but he has surgery in the off season on the elbow, which is not nothing. And then he he looked off. The offense in general, the line looked bad against the Bills front. Bills front looked absolutely terrific. And I I do think there's something to be said about a comfortability that the Bills had from the start because the starters played. I'm just going to put that out there.
1: So I think there's going to be some nice intertwining of our takes today I think this is going to be a dance and there are times where you will lead and I will follow you are leading with this take I have a take of my own that will play nicely off of this but to first play off of your take that defensive line for the bills didn't blitz once they didn't send extra guys and I really don't know what Matthew Stafford was supposed to do you know what I mean and I look I am no Matthew Stafford guy I don't think he's that good and I said that all of last year, and then you won a Super Bowl. And I had to delete a bunch of tweets because I figured Zach Heilpern would go find them, as he, <laughs> you know, does maybe with some of my older Bucks takes, my Bucks tweets. And to be fair to Matthew Stafford, who I don't really love, I don't know what he was supposed to do. And Ben, that defensive front for the Bills, man, I thought of you when watching them. You know why?
0: Because I enjoy because, interior defensive line play.
1: Well, oh, you do. You're you're a trenches man. You're a a, a ham and eggs you know, get your hands dirty type of guy. God. But I recognize college names from that defensive line. AJ Epinesa, love Iowa man, Gregory Rousseau from the the ACC's prestigious Miami University. Yes. I can't even remember that. Um, and of course, Ed Oliver. And Ed Oliver was one of those top picks in 19 and a name that I kind of was paying attention to at the Packers. Starting a couple of years ago, the Bills have just been feeding that position edge rushers, defensive linemen. And then, of course, they added Von Miller this offseason, too. What What a wise couple of years of investments into a defensive front where they can just make Matthew Stafford uncomfortable all game and they don't really have to send any extra pressure or scheme anything up.
0: I'm going to tie that into the Packers. First of all, what else could Stafford have done? I mean, thrown the ball better. Some of those some of those interceptions were just blatant misfires or overthrows like he was not sharp. The run game obviously didn't help Cam Akers fantasy owners are cowering away because he didn't really look like a part of those plans at all. Uh, Daryl Henderson gets all the carries really for L.A. Uh, Stafford just generally looked off and looked bad. And I will say I think there's something to be said with Von Miller leaving the Rams like that is probably going to hurt more than we think. Like they bring Bobby Wagner. And they have some stars along the defense, but they also lose Andrew Whitworth to retirement. It's like that team is not what it was last year. And maybe it's an overreaction, but my first thought about them is the NFC is as open as I could possibly imagine just generally.
1: Yeah. I mean, you talked about having the Vikings as a potential wildcard team. I'm kicking around the idea that maybe the Panthers are in and around, like, I'm looking at some of these teams like, I mean, maybe. Why not? Like, they got a couple nice, it's not going to take much for that final NFC team, right? Just a couple of nice players, schedule breaks right. It's not going to take a lot to be one of those final teams in the NFC to make the playoffs. What is the NFC West? What has become of that vaunted division? The Seahawks are dead, we assume. The Rams are, I think the Rams are actually very similar to last year, minus some depth. Like, they're going to have good games, bad games, good moments, bad moments. What do you think about the Cardinals? They're We don't really know.
0: Well, I do know. They're awesome. Kyler. They're awesome until Halloween. Kyler Murray is yeah. going to be the MVP until Halloween. And then as happens every single year, there's going to be one little ankle tweak. And I, like, I'm not rooting for this, but it's the evidence no, you, we've we seen. We never
1: root for injury.
0: No, there's going to be one minor tweak where he'll play, but he's not effective. Kyler Murray, he'll play some bad weather games. And then the Cardinals, as they always do, will kind of fall off.
1: So what has become of the NFC West, a team where we thought, you know, last year, the year before, get three playoff teams in there that, you know, they're all playoff teams. Well, if the Niners aren't great and Trey Lance isn't good, that division could kind of stink. And then what is the NFC, right? You could see how this conference, if some things go correctly, could be really, really poor and definitely wide open. Like you say,
0: I just, we talk so much about Rogers return and the last dance stuff from last year. But yeah. how many years he has left and needing to get to the Super Bowl and win it to cement the legacy. I just sitting here today as a completely blind to the future Packers supporter, I don't see how the Packers don't win the NFC. I don't, Stop. and I know so much can Stop. change. I, they, this is before week one, and this is where my mind is. I know so much will change, but I don't see, looking around the landscape, Tampa Bay with Brady has no interior offensive line, and how, like with Brady, everything that's going on off the field, what is that going to look like? No, Philadelphia, very talented roster. Everybody's hyping but, them up.
1: But Jalen Hurts.
0: Exactly. Well, uh, we don't know. You could say these major things about every team. And with the Packers, it's like, okay, the wide receivers aren't great. But that's not going to be the make or break thing with them winning or losing. And you mentioned the Bills defensive front. This is how I wanted to tie it into the Packers. You look at their recent draft picks. They get Greg Rosso from Miami in the first round of 21. Ed Oliver, Mm -hmm. who you mentioned, the first round of 19. They get Von Miller in free agency. AJ Epinesa, second round pick in 2020. Also, get and that Jordan Phillips guy who looked nuts from Oklahoma yeah. uh, drafted years ago, but they pick him up as well. They've loaded up. Let's look at what the Packers have done there. Kenny Clark is an absolute stud on the inside. Uh, and uh, we know about Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry, but then they add Jaron Reed, which has been slept on. They spend a first round pick this year in Devontae Wyatt, who doesn't need to be instantly at Oliver, right? He can kind no, of wait.
1: And at Oliver, to be honest, I mean, It's not like a year or two ago we were thinking, oh, my God, this guy's nuts. At times, we're like, how, you know, we didn't really know. So it's not like he was a slam dunk right away, to build on your point.
0: 100%, and he doesn't need to be right away, but the Packers have similarly loaded up the front, and all that does is it it means you don't have to blitz. Like, part of the reason Stafford struggled is because the Bills did not have to bring extra guys. And they sat back. They did a terrific job. They took Cup away for the most part, except for that touchdown. So I, that's a blueprint that's there. And the Packers are uh, similarly talented at quarterback, just in terms of overall proficiency. So, yeah, I, I think if you're a Packer fan, you should be encouraged with what you saw last night. Generally, like the Packers have to go to Buffalo this year. Is that going to be a tough game? Yeah, it was already going to be pretty darn tough. When I look at the NFC, I just, I can't see how you watch last night's game and not feel excited about what's to come.
1: Yeah, we've done this a couple of times in the last (laughs) 10 years, but I agree, but I agree. Um, Yes, for sure. I just think continuity is huge. Continuity continuity is huge. And the Packers have had it for so long and you're seeing changes, obviously with the Niners and the C all these other NFC teams, the bucks are going through some upheaval the Rams maybe have some stability, but they lost Von Miller. Like you said, the Packers are just kind of slow and steady. And at some point that's got to win the race. Ideally, hopefully. And they're
0: being slept on. As I said, at the lead of the show, when, when they're slept on by everybody nationally in a weird way, that's how my brain works. It makes me more confident in them. Oh yeah. So much more oh, yeah. confident. Yes. So Packers Vikings coming up on Sunday. We'll get into what we're watching We'll get into score predictions, all that good stuff. You want to chime in 877-867-1670 is how to do it on Twitter at Ben Z. Kenny as well. Score predictions for Sunday. And did you also watch last night's Thursday night game with the same thought that I did that man, this NFC is just it's there. It's all there for the taking and anything short kind of goes without saying, but anything short of winning the conference would be a colossal disappointment. Barring significant injury that alters the season, we have a lot more coming up. We'll get into the Brewers sweeping the doubleheader yesterday. Are they back? We'll tell you what we think, as well as all of NFL Week One. The Badgers play on Saturday. It's a football Friday. I'm fired up. More of the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. That is Grant Bills coming up next.
1: Ready. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: All right, welcome back. Football Friday on the Bill Michaels Show. I am Ben Kenny. No bill today. That is Grand Bills. Packers Vikings 3 o'clock on Sunday, kicking off the NFL season for both teams. Grant, I have to note this before we get into the piece of news that the Packers actually just dropped. The captains have been announced. An interesting nugget yep. from that that you just texted me, that we will get to. I have to mention this first, though. After last night, the odds to win the NFC. Now, I don't know exactly what they were before, but I figure the Rams were uh, probably in the lead or tied with the leader. Right now, where we sit today, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on DraftKings Sportsbook are plus 330, the leader to win the NFC. Second, the Green Bay Packers, plus 400. Behind them, and this is what I'm trying to say. I don't. I'm not really concerned. It sounds crazy to say before week one, but I'm not that concerned by many of these teams. The Rams are behind the Packers at plus six fifty. They dropped a lot after last night. The Niners after them at plus seven fifty, and then the Eagles and Cowboys at plus a thousand each. Like I look over at the AFC, and the AFC is crazy loaded at the top with the Bills, the Chiefs, Chargers. Broncos Ravens who are my pick the Bengals even the Colts uh, and I would say the Steelers as well are being kind of slept on but the AFC is crazy loaded the NFC has one team that I feel confident in actually living up to expectation the Packers the Packers okay I mean some other teams expectations are quite low but in terms of actually being a contender in the conference so wanted to throw that go ahead
1: yeah and, and I I agree with that. The Packers are the steady bet. You know, like Cowherd would say they're, uh, I don't oh, know, what's God. a stock that's really trustworthy? I don't know. Like, it's not flashy and fancy, but if you put your money in the Packers, probably going to work out more often than they're not. Your they're your 401k.
0: Reliable.
1: Yeah. You're, uh, I think. Uh, your you're mutual fund. Sure. You know, not very risky. I don't know what the dynamics are like investing in precious metals. That's not the point. I, I have one question about the Bucks. What percent chance do you think Like Brady comes back and just is old, stinks, and it's that season.
0: What percent chance? I don't really think
1: it. Do you think that's likely at all?
0: I think there's a possibility there, but I don't think it will be because of him. I think when you look at the the fact that they've lost their starting center and backup, I believe like their offensive line in the middle is in shambles. And throughout Brady's career, when you can get him is when you can get after him through the middle. That's when he's really flustered. So I don't really think it'll be him specifically. I think it's that interior.
1: I would agree with you. I'm looking at some of these odds. The Niners are above the Broncos. I'm on draft For the games. Super Bowl? I think I'm looking at Super Bowl. So Niners are plus 1,600. Broncos are plus 1,800. So bizarre. You know
0: who the Niners are in this scenario? The Niners are Bitcoin in every Ooh. sense where like they have the biggest boom capability ever if Trey Lance, you know, burst onto the scene and is crazy good, but they could also just come crashing down like GameStop and AMC. Uh there's the extent of my stock market knowledge. Good. Good. But they easily could cuz Lance could be bad and we really have no idea. I lean more towards the latter when it comes to that.
1: Yeah, if he was great, they just cut Jimmy G, right? Yeah.
0: I think they're kind of fastened by the contract. No team wanted the I, I, contract. So what are I know you going to do? you don't do? want
1: to lose him for nothing, but like best case scenario, what were they going to trade Jimmy G for a third or a fourth round pick? Less. You know what I mean? Probably even less. Yeah. So the idea that they kept him just because they couldn't get a mid round pick for him. Eh, I don't, I don't buy that. Yeah. At all
0: alright eight six seven sixteen seventy. A lot more chatter to come on NFL Week 1. We'll get to that later. Matt Mitchell's going to join us coming up at 10.50 to talk gambling, all of the best bets, and underdog of the week, which I'm excited to hear for NFL Week 1 and college football. The Badgers play on Saturday, too, obviously. But the news to note, Grant Bills, the Packers have announced their 2022 team captains. Uh, the famous moment last season when Zadaria Smith was not announced, and I think... Probably hit a little deeper than maybe we thought, but your 2022 captains: Aaron Rodgers, Kenny Clark, Aaron Jones, Mercedes Lewis, Adrian Amos, and Devondre Campbell. Your first reaction, Grant?
1: Well, it's about the people, you know, and I I, I don't think you could find a better bunch of people. Love Mercedes Lewis in there. I think Devondre Campbell in only his second season being named a captain. That speaks volumes. Doesn't it? Adrian Amos, not a surprise. I don't really know much about Kenny Clark. We love him as a player, uh, and I suppose we could ask Mike Clemens and we get some sound bites. But I don't know much about him and his personality. It's nothing shocking. No special teams captain. Interesting, Ben Kenny.
0: That's ex- that's what I wanted you to drop in there.
1: Is there a leadership vacuum? The special teams <laughs> unit. Who's no. the vocal leader? You don't have to be a rah-rah guy, but someone's got to lead the charge on special teams.
0: All right, well, who's going to play on the unit? That's the first question. I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't the guys we saw in the preseason, which is a good thing because those units did not look great. But, yeah.
1: Don't, I'm going I'm to I'm, I'm tweet my thoughts about the lack of a special teams captain at Wisco Grant.
0: Yeah, not a, uh, not a big story, but it's one of those things you can write down. And then if the narrative just perfectly fits where a special team struggles again. You just return to that moment and say, oh, that's the reason why.
1: It's uh, like when Kyrie Irving did that press conference and he talked about Steve Nash as his coach. And he's like, you know, we maybe I coach one game and then Kevin can coach the next game and we don't even really need a coach some nights. Maybe that's how the Packers special teams are going to work. By committee all the time.
0: Or maybe they get their coach to actually play on the field because he might have to. We don't know the effectiveness of the units. That's I mean, it's a big storyline going into the Vikings game. The funny nugget to me here is we talk all about the Packers special teams, yet the Vikings are going to be returning punts with Jalen Raker.
1: Um, Yeah, as an Eagles fan, what's going on there? What The Vikings have some really good receivers. I like K.J. Osborne, Thielen, Jefferson. They're not dying for depth there, and they have a long new that really, really good returner. What, what tree are they barking up getting Jalen Rieger, even if it's for scraps?
0: Well, I was surprised they cut Amir Smith-Marset, the Iowa kid who I like yeah. more than Rager. Uh I will read you the quote from the special teams coordinator, Matt Daniels on Rager. We read this yesterday on the show, but I'll read it again. Quote, he's a very stout, cocky built guy, narrow, <laughs> thick, strong legs, big glutes, really nice calves. I was salivating over this dude. Um, wow! That
1: reminds me of when Cowherd used to talk about Darnold. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> he'd say he's thick and trunky. It's like, what does that even mean, coastal kid? You're just saying words. Yeah, I, I maybe it's for special teams. I also don't love that the, the like wildly dissing first round wide receiver is going to be in charge of securing possessions for my team. Well, punt returns as a Packers fan. I can speak to the importance of special teams and returns. Don't love that.
0: Yes. If you are a if you're a Packers fan, I think you are encouraged that Rager's returning punts because throughout my time watching him play, which has been what two, three years now, I he's been pretty horrible at it. Yeah, I just don't get like I get the acquisition. Maybe you think there's something there you could tap into, but relying on him for punt returns. Like what if special teams on Sunday just flips in the complete opposite direction where the Packers recover a muff punt and they get a short field for once. Oh, then we're talking about a big win.
1: What a show on Monday. That will be Dare I dream special teams show. I dream a dream
0: or just for once. It's an actual team show that doesn't involve just ripping the special teams.
1: Yeah. I dream of the day where I can come on the air and not, think about special teams at all. Do you know how hard it is to talk about special teams as someone who never played football? <laughs> like you play Madden, you understand, you know, certain play calls and things and 3-4-4-3 three, four, four, three, blitz, not blitz, you know, nickel. I don't know what to say about special teams. You, you know, lane integrity and be gap focused and fundamental sound. Like, I don't know.
0: Well, when you think back to the playoff loss, don't mean to bring this up, but when the punt got mm. blocked, they had a small, long snapper trying to block a 6'6", 240-pound defensive end. That's coaching. That's coaching. There are things out there. That's just common sense. Or Lancaster on the field goal that got blocked. He took the outside guy instead of the inside guy. When you always block the inside guy because they have the shorter route to blocking the field goal. Meanwhile, the outside guy has to go around. He let the guy come on the inside. Don't mean to go nuts and bolts, but they're... There were very specific coaching deficiencies last season uh, or just game plan stuff that, yeah, we'll see. Maybe it turns around for the Packers on Sunday, special teams-wise. A lot more to come. Matt Mitchell, as I mentioned, he'll be joining us in about 18 minutes coming up here. When we return, how much does this Vikings-Packers game really mean in the grand scheme of the season? We'll give our thoughts on that as well as more when it comes to the matchup. That is Grant Bills. I am Ben Kenny. We are in for Bill Michaels on this Football Friday.
1: This is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: All right, we're back. It is The Bill Michaels Show. Stone. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills here. Football Friday. Modern Packers-Vikings 330 on Fox. Packers one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Minnesota. We'll give our score predictions as well as Z'Darrius Smith sack predictions coming up here at 11 o'clock. 877-867-1670. That is the number to call if you want to get a hold of the program. Let's go to Market Plunger. You're on the Bill Michaels Show. What's going on, man? Uh,
2: One-and-a-half points? Is that really all that it is?
0: On the road, yeah, that kind of tells not, you that the Packers would be six ish point favorites at home if uh-huh. if this were in Green Bay.
2: Yeah, that's. Uh, we're it's not going to be that close either. We're going to kill them, or they're going to kill us. <laughs> it's
0: just, it's Do you nice see feeling, it yeah. either way specifically?
2: No, not really. It's uh, the first game. is just too hard for me to, you know, you never like it's like last last year. Like we were all excited, and I mean, good God, yeah. we got we got beaten by a club, right? Um. Now, for the grand scheme of things, this game really doesn't mean a thing, but in, in certain instances, it could have a tremendous impact as far as rookie-wide receivers, how the line plays, you know, how the, how the new defense. But as far as, you know, if they do really well, it'll set a very good, uh, um, you know, they'll, 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 more confidence and everything else. Yeah. It'll put us off on the right foot. But if not, if we get crushed or something – you know, grand scheme of things, I think we're still going to be a damn good team. It's just may take a uh, a couple extra games to catch on. And, you know, maybe the w- rookie wide receivers will will take a little longer, but I'm hoping they just come out killing it.
0: Yeah. And you have the message clear from last year, right? Where look at what happened last year. We still won the division. We still yeah. had the one seed, even with the clunker week one. I think honestly, where it could mean a lot. And I agree with you that it doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things. I think it does mean a lot for the special teams, though. Oh, 100%. Like yeah. vibes in terms yeah. of momentum are not, they're not that important with Rodgers because you know what you're going to get generally. Yeah. I don't think it's important with the defense, but special teams, like if the rest of that team can believe that the special teams won't be horrible, I think that's a boost going forward.
2: Oh, that's going to give us a tremendous boost.
0: No doubt. Cool. No doubt. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Want to get a hold of the program? Do it. Grant Bills, are you uh, along a similar wave in terms of what this game means?
1: Yeah, I don't think it means a whole lot. I did this last week on my show. Went back through a bunch of seasons and looked at what happened in week one. It's rarely ever indicative. I think this season, one of the big defining games will be at Tampa Bay, week three. That's a game I'm. Oh yeah dialed into that. Well cuz at Buffalo, I don't know, that one's a little
0: too. The preseason's better. over by the time they get to Tampa Bay, right? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: If you week look one at one it that way. Two,
1: yeah. They get their own special preseason. Yeah. I don't think week 1 means a whole lot.
0: I'm with you. I don't think it does for the Packers. However, this in a way is kind of the Vikings' early Super Bowl.
1: Oh, to well, me. Sure, yeah.
0: It always is, but when you enter a season with a new head coach and a new, like an entire new look team and a new vibe with a lot of the same players, but with all of the positivity around their program, a win against the Packers in week one validates a lot of those thoughts and kind of sets the Vikings up, you know, to get off and running. A loss is kind of a kick to the groin where maybe with a more veteran coach there, like if LaFleur loses week one with Rogers, you don't panic because you know they'll figure it out. And I'm not saying this will happen, but there is a possibility if the Vikings come out and look terrible and the defense can't stop anything and the coach doesn't look, you know, great as he was billed, then I think there is something to be said about that could be a first niche in the, in the spiral, if you will.
1: Ooh! First of all, I love that. I love the idea of the Vikings spiraling. So tell me more about that. I'm not going to tell you to stop. I just... With a new coach week one, if we were Vikings fans, wouldn't we be saying first game with a new coach, there's going to be a feeling it out process. Him and Kirk got to get used to each other. I mean, isn't there an expectation with a new coach that things happen slowly, incrementally, especially in the first season?
0: Maybe I come from a different line of uh, following coaches and evaluating coaches from my previous experience in my youth. But if it, yeah, you enter with the positivity of everything will be different. But if they come out and everything's the same and the offense looks like crap and it's the same exact Zimmer problem, just generally where they can't finish games, they have all the talent, but they can't master it. Then I I think you could turn on the new coach quite quickly.
1: Well, here's the thing. Kevin O'Connell is probably a great coach. Kirk Cousins has had good coaches and good offensive coordinators and good play callers. He's been in league. Is this 12th year? 11th year in football he's been in the league a long time and he's worked with a lot of different people in different situations which is why I I struggle when someone tells me oh this is the year it's going to happen for the Vikings because Kirk's <laughs> finally got his guy like look Zimmer apparently sucked that story that Ty Dunn put out about yeah. last year friend of both your show and mine that was yes wild it will be better than that but he's had McVay and Shanahan and Lafleur was there like he's had good offensive minds Gary Kubiak right it just I think it's going to be a lot more of the same. It'll look better than last year, but I don't think Kirk's going to all of a sudden be some brand new guy because they finally got the perfect coach.
0: I agree, and we'll get to that more uh, coming up. 877-867-1670. How much do you think this game means? Let's go back to the phone calls. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels show. Who do we got?
3: Two of the brightest minds in Wisconsin sports radio what? on a Friday where I don't have to work really at all boys this is
0: awesome i appreciate that man who is this
3: this is vagabond john
0: oh what's vagabond. going on man hey uh, uh by the way we're going to get into the badgers a little later i would love to rehash the you think bowl eligibility is a problem discussion
3: Uh oh yeah i might call in later like i said i am probably going <laughs> to be playing rocket league all day Ooh. But, um
0: that, that's a good day that's
3: yeah, oh, it's going to be a great day. Got Rocket League now, got band <laughs> practice later, right Man. into possibly poolies later just for fun. Oh, so, yeah.
0: Right on. Um, um, what's on your mind with this game?
3: Yeah, so first of all, score prediction, I'll kind of lead with that because it kind of summarizes what I'm thinking. Hackers uh, 24, Vikings 17. Um, reason... I'm a little nervous about the Packers offense getting the 30 points with all the injury concerns around the wide receiver room. Yep. I think uh, we could see a Sammy Watkins breakout. So, you know, if he's oh. on your roster and you got a flex spot, it could be a big time. Uh, if you're streaming tight ends week one, look for Robert Tanyan, right? Um, Cause it just, there's just a lot of unclarity here. So interested to see how that goes. Uh, and then I think the Packers defense is legit. And I think, uh, you know the the old saying goes, defense is usually ahead of offense. Um, I think in the NFL, it's actually a little bit of the opposite, uh, just because these coaches have you know they're elite and they have a whole offseason to plan. So I think you know I'm taking the first half over. I think there'll be some defensive adjustments by the Packers and they'll they'll tighten up for you know the second half and keep the Vikings under 20. But I do think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers you know prevail. But you know I think it's pretty meaningless because of the extra game in the NFL. I think this is really just an extended preseason Um, going back to last year with the, you know, the disaster in week one, it didn't end up mattering at all. So. Yep. I think it's a time to iron out the kinks. If Alan Lazard doesn't play, it could end up benefiting the Packers in the long run because we're going to really have to see. Can Romeo Dobbs show up?
0: That's a good take. I like that take.
3: If you. Alan Lazard's not there, you know, we saw what Alan Lazard turned into. He's a top six fantasy wide receiver when Devontae Adams' production went down. And I think that helped his development. <laughs>
0: Someone's been I listening to that. some podcast, eh?
3: Uh, you know, I do my research in the offseason. Yeah. You got hey, to get, get the team
0: but ready. I got you.
3: So if Alan Lazard's out, then we see what Bobby Tunyon is after his knee. We see what right. Sammy Watkins can do when he's expected to be the number one. Because I do think if he's out, that'll be the case. Now, if he's in. You know, then I'm taking the Packers to get 31. So my, you know, it's either going to be 31-17 or 24-17. I think uh, Lazard kind of, you know, is the the pendulum on what that picks. But I'm going official, locking it in 24-17. Not a meaningless game, obviously the, the divisional game. But if it if it doesn't go well for the Packers, you know, keep that panic button stored
1: deep, deep down because. It's a long season.
0: Right on. I'm with you. appreciate the phone call,
1: man. Yep. We'll talk to Thanks, you back about John. Hey, Ben, can I just really quickly before we take this break? Yeah. I just want to point something out. We all off season have said that losing Devontae Adams is a good thing because now Aaron Rodgers will look to other receivers. And throughout this process, Lazard has become the number one. And before we even play a game without Adams, I'm going to talk myself into Alan Lazard being hurt is a good thing because Rodgers will look at other guys.
0: Yes, we are. We are I love lowering this. the bar, I guess. <laughs> uh, you could yes. put it Could put it that way. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to get a hold of the show? Do it. When we return, we're going to step away. Uh, take a quick break. When we return, Matt Mitchell, Action Network Audio Director there. All of the betting content you need. He will join us to break down NFL Week 1. College football week two, three, I guess, two and a half. I don't know. Wisconsin, Washington State on Saturday. Matt Mitchell joins us next. Action Network. It's the Bill Michael Show.
1: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Bill Michael's Show. No bill today. I'm Ben Kenny. That is Grand Bills. NFL week one is upon us. Last night, Bills trounced the Rams 31 to 10. We got the Packers coming up on Sunday, as well as our first full slate, regular season slate of the year, joining us to talk more about it. Matt Mitchell on Twitter at Old Boy Uncle Mitch, the audio director at the Action Network. They have podcasts for the NFL. When you talk uh, Action Network podcast and big bets on campus for college football, any of your betting needs content wise, that is where you go. uh, The Action Network. Matt Mitchell joining us now. Uh, Matt, I want to lead off first with the general feelings when the NFL kicked off last night. And two, after what we saw, 31 to 10, the Bills crushing the Rams. In the betting markets, how much do we downgrade the Rams after a performance like that?
4: That's a great question. So, one of the most profitable betting weeks of the year for gamblers is Week Two, and it's exactly because of what you just outlined. People are expecting these these huge differences. They only have one data point. They only have one game, so they expect. Oh, that's the Rams. The Rams are terrible now. They won the Super Bowl, but now they're totally inept. And so, zigzagging away from that is a great way to profit in Week Two, and we see it every single year. Week One is a learning experience. Week two is when you just buy the dip on all these losers. In terms of downgrading them, like, you're going to see power rankings remain pretty stable because, again, it's it's only one game. It's not like the Rams are totally different than their expectations based on playing, but based on losing badly to the preseason Super Bowl favorite, Buffalo Bills. So I wouldn't expect an enormous difference, and I think there's a lot of opportunities to profit by – Uh, zigging when others are zagging and taking the Rams next week and and a lot of these other week one losers.
0: Hmm. Uh, I have been told a good way to profit is to zig whenever I zag, where if you fade my (laughs) betting picks, you then are uh, become a generational wealthy person, especially when it comes (laughs) to college football, not a hot start for me, but it is what it is uh, talking about Packers Vikings, though, the game in our backyard that we're most interested in Packers, one and a half point favorites in Minnesota. Does anything stick out about this game to you in terms of leans or likes either way, or are you staying away from this game?
4: Uh, ultimately for me, I'll stay away, but if I were going to play it, I think you have to take Minnesota and that's just looking at the market. So this is a, this is an interesting game. Because one way you have to kind of navigate NFL slates, uh, as a reminder to your listeners, the NFL is the most efficient betting market worldwide. So it is, it is very difficult to profit on uh, NFL games over the long term. So, but one way to do it is to examine the market. The Minnesota Vikings were larger underdogs. That number is creeping down despite having a less popular team with a less popular quarterback. Um, watching them now just one and a half, Against Aaron Rodgers tells me, despite public perception, money's still coming in on Minnesota. Green Bay, not the world's fastest starter. I mean just look at last year. Yep. Green Bay breaking in an absolutely ridiculous uh, crop of, of, uh, of wide receivers. They're expecting Aaron Rodgers to um, put lipstick on that pig. And May, I just don't expect it on the road week one. Stay away from me, maybe look at the under, but if you're going to pick a side, I take Minnesota.
1: I know Ben is looking for something to bet on, and I'll let him ask you really quickly on Packers-Vikings. Of all the factors in play of this game, Packers injured offensive line, young wide receivers, Vikings have a new coach. What is the angle or the edge you think sticks out most of all and it is something you can bet and target if you wanted to bet Packers-Vikings this weekend?
4: Oh, I think I think the under. Week one unders are always a, a fun bet, too, because it's, it's everyone's kind of dress rehearsal the Bills have. An incredibly explosive offense. They ended the season incredibly strong. So did the Rams. And that game coasted under last night. That's a good example. A game like this, even though it's being played indoors with with two quarterbacks that have a reputation for being kind of high-flying. 47 and a half. Like, I could easily see this game ending 23-20. Uh, because yeah. a, a number oh, like that's that, a bad pick. Still, it takes two to party. Yeah, it takes two to party. So it, all you really need is one of those teams to fall flat to hit that under.
0: All right, Matt Mitchell joining us, audio Direc- director at the Action Network, at old boy Uncle Mitch there on Twitter, talking about the entire Week One slate in the NFL. What are your best bets, and are there any big underdogs you like this week?
4: There are a number of number of uh, games that are sticking out for me. Uh, listening to our crew at the Action Network podcast. I'm just the audio director there. All of my information comes from our Action Network database and from our stable of experts that you can hear there. The one game that they are all lined on, which makes me want to puke my guts out, is the New York Giants catching five and a half, and a lot of that is Daniel Jones. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's yuck. That Daniel Jones disgusting. on the road, though. Yeah, it's not not a guy that excites a lot of, <laughs> of people generally, but listen, listen to these stats. Giants quarterback Daniel Jones on the road in his career, 11 and four against the spread when he goes on the road and he's catching less than seven and a half points. So, you know, a a less, a more reasonable um, matchup. He's a smaller road underdog. He's nine and zero against the spread. He's never not covered on the road at a number like this. So uh, especially for a game with a low total, that five and a half points will be even more valuable because they're not experiencing a lot of, of scoring the scoring environment will be pretty damp and not for nothing but brian Dable, who i like he's a nice enough guy uh yeah, i think he got a lot of credit for uh constructing a high flying bill's offense he left goes to goes to uh, new york a guy in Dorsey, who's never called a play at any level just got the keys to the bill's car and it ran just fine so i think that uh that might show that i don't know if brian Dable's the instant offensive genius he's portrayed to be. So I think catching Giants five and a half in what I expect to be a very low scoring game um, could be your best bet. Plus, I think the Giants were basically quitting on Joe Judge publicly for a full season. So just getting a better effort from them should allow them to cover this number. And the other one, every, every better's best friend, Mike Tomlin as an underdog. Yes. I have got, I've got a real fun one for you. Listen to these stats about legendary Mike Tomlin he is 47-26 and 26 against the spread as an underdog and 19-6 and six against the spread as an underdog versus the North, the most profitable of oh. any one of their database. Take Tomlin.
0: I love it. I love it. Matt, real quick, 10 seconds. Wisconsin-Washington State. Do you think the Badgers cover?
4: Imagine putting your money on Graham Mertz. No, I do not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is such a cold way to end. I will put my money on Graham Mertz. Good luck. Uh, I appreciate it, Matt. Talk to you Monday. Good luck, guys. There he is, Matt Mitchell, the audio director at Action Network, joins us every Monday and Friday to break down the betting outlook of the NFL and college football. I love his underdog plays. Give me Pittsburgh all day. We're going to talk Packers-Vikings when we come back. Score predictions, Zedarius Smith sack predictions, and more. It's the Bill Michaels Show.
4: The Bill Michaels Show podcast.